Life Surfer podcast listener. How the heck are you? My name is Jeff. I'm a small, small blah, blah, blah. I'm a blah, blah, blah. I'm a small wave lover. I'm a Craigslist scroller. I'm a 2013 Honda Pilot driver. Can you believe it's raining again? I'm reporting live for my 2013 Honda Pilot. Currently, I'm 955 miles overdue for A5 A15 service. Also, I have 167,355 miles on this thing. I'm a big fan of my Honda. Heading uh, heading to the airport. Working in Southern California today. Back tonight. Wanted to record a nice quick intro to uh, proceed my forthcoming interview with Mark Campbell and CJ Nelson, longboard, longboarder extraordinaire. <laughs> CJ Nelson designs crime surfboards. He's a he's a hustler. He's got his hands in a lot of things, and he's doing some pretty cool stuff. As is Mark Campbell, who um, I really just knew via Instagram. Really, his uh, his son runs a a really cool surf shop slash uh, barber shop called. Waves and Fades on 41st Street. Scope that out. They got some Junodes in there. I think they got some CJ. They must have some CJ boards in there. Um, I've seen some really fun boards in there, and it's a really pretty surf shop, uh, as well as a place where you can get a fade and a proper haircut. So, anyway, I'm babbling on looseChangeRetreats.com. I want you to check out that website. These two are the founders of these forthcoming surf camps surf retreats Mark had me over to his bucolic countryside home in the hills of SoCal, California and that's where I caught up with CJ and Mark Campbell. Enjoy CJ? Good morning Good morning. Mark? Hey, hey. We're uh, we're recording. This is the first episode I've done where the guest provided the equipment (laughs) (laughs) and I appreciate that greatly I uh, very lo-fi. I was telling CJ, we I, this podcast, the ethos of the pod is it's pretty lo-fi. Don't want to spend burn too many calories on it, other than getting some content. And I record from two road lavaliers into my iPhone, which is quite convenient. Perfect. Until you called and you said, "Hey, I got CJ in town. I'd, I'd love to talk about what you have uh, forthcoming, which we're going to speak about." Then I hung up with you and I thought, "Shit, I don't have a third mic." I'm figure this out. I got one in my bag too. I got a little. Do you? I, well, I always carry a little lapel mic in, for yes. my iPhone, just in case. They're nice. They're conversational because now we're holding mics. You know, like we're uh, three members of Wu Tang or something. <laughs> Which is my, you know, my preference. And to I'm be honest, ca- and I'm Capadonna. I'll be the tenth member of Wu Tang. <sighs> cool, cool. <laughs> anyway, um, I like the lavalier because it's just kind of relaxing. Yep, it's yep. Low pro, but nevertheless, sure. Mark. Lewis Campbell, that's as I correct. know you on Instagram. That's I assume that's your middle name. Middle name, third generation middle name. Right on. Big cool. decision when the boy popped out. Do we do we go four generations? Yeah. And sincerely, we were trying to break chains in my generational family culture. Yeah. And so I said, no, it's going to start with the middle name. Cool. So we named him Elias Truman. Okay. Yeah. So that's the history of the Lewis, and who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the names. <laughs> yeah. I'm a junior. Okay. And the only advantage to that was that like when you're in high school and you know, you need to well pay 
for uh, basketball shorts at Big Five or something, you can use your dad's credit card because we have the same name. Oh. But I would not do that to my boy. Yeah. You know, I have Joe and Daniel. Okay. Kind of keep it basic. Okay, good. Dude, I'm the, I'm the third. You're a third. My real name's Mark Charles James Nelson. All my right. father was Mark. My grandfather was Mark. So, yeah, I, I know. I know that uh, credit card routine. You do. <laughs> I do. Word. Yeah. I was wondering what the CJ stood for. Yeah, Charles James. Excellent. <clears throat> your dad's Charles, too, in the middle name? No, 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 oh, okay. no, no, no. Just Mark. Just favorite. Mark Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting with Mark Campbell and CJ Nelson, and yeah. we are going to talk about, well, I'm pumped that you invited me to interview you on my podcast uh, because you have, both of you have a retreat coming up, yep. Loose Change Retreats Yep, is what it's called. That's right. And I want to get into that, but first I just want to do a little for the listeners, just to get to know you a bit. Um, I really know you from around town mm-hmm. and frankly through Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably, I, it's funny how Instagram works. You feel like you get to know someone before you even like speak to them. Yeah. Um, and well, tell me about yourself, Mark. We'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you live, what you're about right now these days. Well, that's a, that's a, an opening. Exactly. Tell me about yourself. Uh, I was born here on West Side, King Street. And then in 63, 65, my dad moves the family to Oakland. So I was raised in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And then Hayward. And at 18, I was bent on moving back to Santa Cruz because I was third generation born here. And uh, started, uh, fell in love with a woman, um, uh, married her, and she's in the other room. 35 years married now. Congrats. Got stuck in the East Bay building a landscape business and then uh, moved into ministry and did an off-site, uh, converted a liquor store into a youth center. And then became a um, pastor to men. So I worked with a lot of cops and criminals for the last 25 years and did a lot of men's retreats and men's events. And then five years ago, my son said, hey, I'm moving back to Santa Cruz. I want to open a barbershop, half surf shop, half barbershop. And so me and and wifey went, this is a good time to move the family back to Santa Cruz and lived at the point. And this little farm fell in our lap about four years ago, but stayed at the point, rented this out. And then a year ago, we moved in here. And at the time we moved to the barbershop and opened the barbershop, we met Siege and instantly we fell in love. Yeah. Um, because I was, I'm writing a book called Finding Dad. Okay. And doing a podcast, Finding Dad, and doing a project on Finding Dad. How do you give a blessing when you never got one? How do you raise a kid when you weren't raised? Yeah. And sincere about, you know, um, trying to reform my family history and trying to right the wrongs over generational funk and, mm-hmm. and addiction and anger and alcoholism and yeah. all the stuff that that is in all of our family DNA, but I was on the front line of it and just didn't want to um, raise my family that way. Yeah. And so in a sense, I was driving blind. I was doing that project and, and I met Siege and Siege elevated my son's barbershop surf side to yeah. a whole new stratosphere. And the barbershop is Waves and Fades. Waves and Fades. On 41st, yep. right by Betty's Burgers. Yep, yep. And it's his shop, his money, his vision, his thing. Everybody cool. thinks that we're part owners or I'm the owner or something, but nope. Yeah. I work for my son and um did and then that just ended in september just as i'm his dad again yeah he's pregnant with my first grandchild his first son and our daughter or child great we don't know and Will um, this be your first grandkid yep sweet yep yep and so anyway so we met siege and 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 he's a a deep thinker and a, and a, a great soul yeah. and instantly became a, a son or a brother or my son's uncle and my wife's second son and just family really sincerely family and then uh, we did a men's group in around the fire for yeah. a couple years and really started to talk life started to talk creator started to talk soul surfing um, relationships family culture um, 
poems, quotes, great men, what they brought to the planet, just talking life and surfing. Every Friday, we had some guys around us every Friday, Darshan yeah, and my son and Baker. and People came and, get, people came and went, yeah. good, but just a great, great group of guys. Great group. And it was, it was good times there. Yeah. And it's yeah. what I've been doing for 25 years. And it was brand new to like, oh, wow, people don't do this. I mean, I am learned how to be a parent or a husband or a son from other men, not my dad. And so mm. that's where we met. We ended up migrating to Israel and spending three weeks there and sat there at the Hilton Beach. Hilton Beach. Bronzen. Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. Yeah. Were Bronzen. you there, CJ? Yeah, man. We went together. We spent, I think we were there for like three weeks. Three weeks. And uh, we did, we, we kind of went around and, and uh, you know, Mark's been giving guided tours of Israel for many yeah. years and, and I got to do this one and we, we, uh, we, we kind of did all the sightseeing and, 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 uh, you know, dug into the spirituality side of all, all that stuff in Israel, which was amazing to, to be a part of. And then kind of the big group left and me and him just kind of kicked it and walked around Tel Aviv in our trunks, drinking espressos and surfing and yeah. <laughs> getting some sun, man. And it was, it, it was lovely. It was, it was cool. Cause we, I think we were both in the mindset of, uh, we were like mega inspired at the time. And to wind down for a week, just sitting on the beach and then talking about like, God, man, like, you know, we got, this is good, you know, and, and the men's, the men's just speaking and living and, and thinking. And we just, we, I think that that's kind of where the, the idea yep. of doing yep. something together to give back to our community yeah. yep. came about. Right. Yeah. So. That was four years ago. Four years? Three years ago. It was pre-COVID. Yeah. 18. Was it 18. No, 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 it was later. nineteen. Nineteen. It was the fall nineteen. Yeah, and um, and that's where the, the vision was spurred. We thought we've got to bring people here, and not just men at that point, and because we love women. I mean, I was raised by one, and then married one, and then I'm the father to. I mean, we're not anti women. No, 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 not at all. There's <laughs> something that happens though when men get together, yeah. different backgrounds, different generations. Young and old, black and white, yeah. something powerful that happens when you realize we have about 20 things in common because we live in a world that ele elevates our differences. Yeah. And when you can learn from somebody different than you and apply it to where you're living, and that's the surf tribe. The older guys taught the younger guys how to surf, mm. how to live, how to choose a great woman, how to love a great woman, how to get into a career. Mm. Yeah. And, and now it's just get the fuck off my wave. Mm -hmm. And it, well, yeah. And it, well, there's, there's a, you know, it's, um, it's just so crowded and, and everybody has their coping mechanisms to deal with that, you know, um, whether it, whether it's like toxic positivity or anger or whatever, you know, people have to deal with, uh, the one place that they're getting their inspiration from being like total chaos. Right. <clears throat> so I don't know. I think, I think the, 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 one of the most special things that I realized when we started sitting around and hanging out together and just talking about life, you know, and listening to all the people around the fire and whatnot, it was like, we're all struggling, right? And I, just yesterday we were talking, you know, kind of about the retreat, what we'll, what we'll talk about soon, but like normalizing the struggle yeah. amongst your community and not so people aren't like, oh man, like I'm, I'm like people, everybody feels like they're on an island, isolated away and all their problems are theirs, you know? But when you have a community and you have tribal elders and you have people that have been there, you know, like the paths become pretty, pretty dang clear. Right. Mm -hmm. And a couple boys to lean on. And I think, I think women, um, 
are really good at that, mm. you know, from, from what I see, like there's a lot of retreats for women and self care and all of these things, you know, but when, when I think of the surf community, other than a few things, there's really nothing that, that has that type of, um, simplicity, you know, and, uh, right. So anyway, and so just to clarify, so for a while you guys were getting together once a week. Yeah. Friday morning, six o'clock in the morning, right on, watch the sun rise yeah. around the fire. And, and, and if we had time in the swell was good, we'd go there, surf. There's something so powerful, even if you're not doing it to an end to improve yourself. But I think of, I grew up in the central Valley, like warm Fresno nights, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 15, 16, some of my favorite nights, you know, this sitting with your friends yeah. in mm-hmm. the back of my 88 S 10 and just bullshitting yep, yep. until God knows when Yep, yeah. there, I mentioned this before we started recording too. It's interesting interesting how us as human animals need to express yeah and and you're not lying it's almost in our it's in our dna to feel almost isolated like Mm -hmm. you have the unique problem that no one else would absolutely understand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know the more you share with your peers you realize just as you said that's just not not the case no everyone's in their own island right and yeah. they all think their problems are unique but the more you share and, and communicate with good friends you realize that's 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 not the case yeah man i had a i had a real awakening when i when i got sober and i gave it a couple months before i put it out there to the world just for accountability's sake really want my word to be my word and so i i gave it a couple months but once i put it out there i was so uplifted and so shocked by the once I said publicly through my social media, like, I got a problem. I mean, thousands of people raised their hand around me and said, I had that problem. Here's this. Oh, I've got that problem, too. Oh, man, good for you. Like, it was like freedom. Yeah. True, true f- sense of freedom. How long have you been sober, CJ? It'll be 10 years next month. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yes, yeah. indeed. And we didn't... Tell me about yourself, CJ Nelson. You're a surfer. I'll, I'll tell listeners my impression of you. You're one of my favorite longboarders. I'm a regular <laughs> footer, but you're a goofy footer. Yeah. You, Devin Howard, a couple guys in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could, you know, I associate you with your CJ Nelson designs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thank Are you. you also have an association with Crime Surfboards? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Are you the founder of that? Yeah, I'm a founder of Crime. Got it. And uh, Flying Diamond Fin Company. It's another thing that I've been working on. Busy man. Busy guy. I mean, yeah, busy guy. <laughs> We're all busy. What else would you, if, I don't know, tell me about yourself. Um, yeah, I grew up kind of San Francisco Bay Area, third, you know, third generation San Franciscan. And I grew up uh, skateboarding. My mom, um, well, my parents got divorced. Mom went into rehab. I, I moved in with my dad in uh, Menlo Park. And uh, my dad was an avid surfer, and that's when and I was first grade. Where would your dad go? All over here, all over like Half Moon Bay, San Francisco, Fort Point, just yeah. all the all the Bay Area spots. So once I uh, teamed up with my dad in first grade, it was it was like that was it, you know, that was surfing. And he he was a skater, and so he immediately like the first week, you know, he was like, oh, here's some surfboards, here's some skateboards, like let's go to the skate shop, you know, here it is, you know. And uh, once that happened, like, there was no toys. It was over. And, uh, yeah, so I skated in, in SF and did my thing and uh, was won a lot of contests back then in high school and surfing. And and then, uh, yeah, just my I moved down south, been competing, traveling the world, uh, 
kind of let my ego and and uh, get the better of me. Made a t- million bad decisions. Became a drug addict, alcoholic. Basically, lost everything. Lost my career. Quit surfing. Um, and uh, you know, almost died so many times. But but uh, when my dad my dad ended up passing away, and I kind of had a come to Jesus moment. Like, just got my head right. You know said some prayer one night and found the strength to get sober and then once i had some capable eyes and uh and um some self-worth i kind of i was like okay well you know i haven't surfed i I don't know so i i kind of had to kind of start from scratch again to rebuild my surfing career rebuild my word um and just become the the sort of in that community become the, the man that I actually wanted to be prior right. to all my BS, you know? Right. And uh, so that's been, you know, a process in the last 10 years, kind of rebuilding myself and, yeah. and my, my legacy and doing it right, doing it mindfully and, and enjoying it this time around. Cause mm. the first time around was kind of like, it was good and I did a lot of rad stuff, but I was not there, you know, emotionally, spiritually. I was I was out of it, man. You still had that void. You're putting on a facade of of maybe being a, a sober person, but you weren't whole yet or healing. Well, the first the first time around when I was using, you know, yes. my first surfing career prior yeah. to sobriety yeah. is just a blur of like I don't even know. Looking yeah. back on it now, there's very few moments that were truly gratifying and fulfilling because it just wasn't it wasn't right. Was your dad's death the catalyst for getting sober, or was it the catalyst that really spun you out? No, man, it was, I mean, it took me about six months after he passed away to, to get sober, but it was like, um, I, I was in the process of losing everything. I was, uh, teetering on homelessness. Um, I, I mean, I had a bill for $600,000 for my dad's house and I was left with not one penny. And, uh, the woman that my dad was married to took everything we had and, I was left with just like one lamp in my house and a f- basically three months foreclosure. And I had to, it was like, I don't know. It was, it was dark and bad. And I was like, okay, well, um, you know, do I, do I let my dad's life, uh, my dad's death kill me and be an alcohol, homeless alcoholic drug addict? Or do I make my dad's death the biggest miracle in my life? And when I thought about it that way, um, it was, I didn't have a choice, you know? Um, yeah. But one night I said, I, I was like, I had never said a prayer before and I'm not like, wasn't a religious person or anything like sure. that. But like it, when, when you're, when there's a hundred foot wave stacked in front of you, you don't have a choice. You pray to God and, and I was losing my life and, uh, I got on my hands and knees and screamed a prayer at the sky and, um, I was, I was granted some strength man that i didn't know i was capable of which pushed me over the edge and and then that was it and i just yeah i I figured it out yeah i've heard your story uh, before too and i'd recommend listeners go to um surf splendor with david scales i thought was fantastic interview i'm a little upset because i cursed like a sailor in that thing and that's okay i uh yeah i don't know man why I don't know why I did that. I, I just sometimes, uh, different seasons, different frustrations in my work and just different things kind of. As a listener, as a consumer, yeah. being 
then you fucking notice it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I do, and I'm trying. You know, just the, the more the more the moral is is like I'm, I think we could all you know tune ourselves up a little bit. It's not necessary, and, and it's if not. that offended anybody out there, I apologize. I don't think it did. It's episode four thirty seven. I think of a really inspirational story. I wanted to ask: Do you have siblings? I do. Well, I have a half brother yeah. that lives in in New York City. Right on. Yeah. Okay. I want to say the yeah. thing about the f bombs in yeah. knowing CJ now for five years is he's a consummate grower and learner. And if it wasn't that, there'd be something else from that podcast he'd be working on because he's in the change part of loose. Loose change, our retreat, is it's loose. There's no agenda, no religious agenda, no nothing agenda other than change is imminent. You're going to age. Your kids are going to age. Your mom and dad, everything is always a flux. And so how do we change? How do we grow? How do we get on that track rather than sucking our thumbs? And that's what's neat about the F-bomb. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> is you're a grower. Yeah, man. Well, always yeah. improving, always trying, tweaking, man. always trying. learning. Yeah. Top of his surfing world. He's still learning. Yeah. He's like uh, Steph Curry right now. Injured is probably showing shooting free throws right now mm-hmm. because he's a consummate learner. That's this dude. Are you that dedicated to surf still? I am, man. I mean, it's more, more today than ever. You know, there's a lot of, I, I get pulled in a lot of directions business wise and stuff now, but, but yeah, big time. I do a, a lot of training and everything. Let's talk about loose change retreats. So go ahead. Tell me what you have planned, what you guys have put together. I'd love to hear about it. Um, yeah, well, you know, it goes back to that Israel thing and, and, the, and the, those fire talks and, and just like, just when I got sober too, I, uh, so many people have reached out to me and like, oh man, I don't know what to do. I, you know, how'd you do it? And, you know, how are you doing this? Or, you know, you're running every day. Like, how, how are you doing that? Like, how come, how are you staying inspired to surf? You know, what fin should I use? Like all of that, all of that stuff. Like how do I hang 10 better? Um, and I'm, I like do my best to answer those questions and, and, um, and, uh, be there for whoever reaches out to me. And so that's, I know there's a big hole I can see, like I can identify there's a big problem and, uh, you know, knowing Mark and, and all the men's groups and things that he's done, it's like, I bring something to to this um, as far as the surf space is concerned that that I think is is super rare to find. It's it's I'm not a judgmental guy. Like you can be you know a, a, a adult learner, and I'm going to have a million tips for you. And and um, and then there's so much correlation between uh, getting better as a surfer and your equipment and getting better at life and your your the tools you use for that, which Mark is a a master of. So I don't know. I think we just were like, dude, this is, you know, there's a lot of different ways we could go. But I think giving back to the surf space, I think is, is kind of where our hearts mm-hmm. are now at mm-hmm. this, at this, uh, certainly for me. And I think Mark's done so much stuff outside of the surf space, but I think his heart's really in surfing. He's for such, sure. a, such a surf nerd and, and it's uh well, surfing yeah. saved my relationship with my son, I believe. Because I was, um, you know, this isn't a camp for like addicts or sobriety. It is a dry camp because people do struggle in that arena that we're going to be bringing into the space but it we all struggle with something mine was workaholism mine was i was never approved of by my dad and so my whole existence was to find approval in in my designs my landscape designs in the way i ran ministry the way i ran my life i wanted applause because i never got it at home and that has a huge cost to the family i was an 18 hour seven day a week guy and I saw it at nine and 10 distance in my daughter and my son. 
And my dad taught me three things, how to change a flat on a 62 Impala on a hill in the rain. Because me and my mom was driving through Oakland and she worked at Merritt College. And for some reason, he put the garden hose on me and on a hill in East 31st Street in Oakland with the jack on the bumper and do this up there. Second thing is life's like chess. It's all about recovering from bad moves, which it was interesting. My dad never figured out how to recover, but he knew that that was the key. And the third thing um, was to fear everything. My dad was fearful and I was learning how to fear everything. And he never let me swim in the ocean. My cousins, he's third generation Santa Cruz. Uh, There's sharks, there's kelp, there's fish lines floating out there. His friend died jumping off the the bridge there, Lost Boys Bridge, broke his neck. You know, a thousand reasons why you should never go in the ocean. Dumbasses go in the ocean. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious. And so I says to my son at 11, I'm going to teach you how to traverse fear, not how to be afraid. Right. And so he and I learned together at 11. And now it, it took him three years to surf way better than I was. Sure, of course. Yeah. And, but that was that thing that we had. And my daughter. We just did a surf trip with my 29-year-old therapist daughter down at San Onofre and stayed yeah. with you for a week. She's unbelievable. Unbelievable woman. Yeah. yeah. Great, great person. Called me and said, hey, pops, pick me up in San Diego. Let's surf like we used to when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so surfing is so sacred to me. And I needed that community and never got it. And then when I started to see the community, it's not what I thought it was. I really had developed great community in the East Bay. This was a lot of division, anger, hostility, and it's not the endless summer, man. This is not what I thought I'd get from the community. And then until I met Siege, until we met Siege, and CJ has that in him and was just starting to formulate that. And the things that I learned by just watching this bro wax a surfboard. In one month, my surfing elevated a decade with this dude. And my lesson just last October, I'm knee paddling. He paddles over to me in, in San Onofre and says, hey, homie, get your heels out of your ass, man. You're embarrassing me. What do you think? You're in Australia? That's not how you knee paddle. Just the, just the ankle placement of a knee paddle. All these little tweaks. And that's what finding your trim and surfing is that 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 spot in the wave on the board on the foot placement mm. and same in life we never work on finding trim in life and there's those little tweaks those little adjustments you don't have to quit your job divorce your wife and move to texas man there's these little adjustments that in a crowded lineup in a chaotic community in a whatever you can make those adjustments when you learn from each other and that's what we started to do together my surfing was improving my life was improving his life was improving. We're building things together, communities, families, patching wrongs, righting wrongs. And and that's a great way to live. Yeah. yeah. So these are a series of retreats. Yep. You have hard dates for them. Three. Uh, do you know them off the top of your head? May 4 and 8. There's four spots left on that. Uh, October 3. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm going to look it up real quick. Because we're so focused on the May event. I we get have, it. That's okay. LooseChangeRetreats.com because I know listeners are yep. going to want to. And on them. Instagram, Loose Change Retreats. Beautiful. So there's three camps this year. Next year, the world is our oyster. We're going to start a little podcast just to work through what we're learning that people can't attend the camp. Yeah. And me, we're doing men's retreats for so long, it's going to be two top shelf, every element. Walk them through a day, Siege. 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> wake you know, do coffees in the morning, stretching. Darshan's you know, going to be leading our our stretch. Yep, um, Darshan Gooch. Yep. Yeah, Darshan. A little yoga, doing some stretching uh, with our with our campers. Do probably morning fire and coffee and uh, just a little morning council and check in with each other and and uh, do a do a surf check. Fat breakfast. Fat breakfast. We're going to eat like kings. Yeah, <laughs> big breakfast. Uh, and then yeah, surfing. We're going to have a few filmers and, and photographers kind of going around with us. So uh, film the film the surf sessions, uh, review footage, you know, great coffees and um, lots of counsel, just like hanging out and talking, playing games, more surfing, huge dinners, fire pits, uh, ice baths, sauna, you know. We got Basically. Dr. Jordan coming with acupuncture, Cairo, deep muscle tissue, cupping yeah. every evening. If you need some body work, Jordan's here. Yeah, I'll be reviewing footage one on one with with uh, each person That's and really huge. trying to elevate. Um, you know, yep. get these get you know fix some little things uh, in your surfing and your board and your and what you may think your board's doing for you, uh, your fin, your wax, just just all of it. Just yeah. just share share as much as we can in the time we have together. Is lodging here? Yep, we got yeah. twenty teepees. There's ten there's ten spots each, but we have about seven or eight staff. Yeah. And um, luxury, like top shelf. Yeah. Lighting. I mean, Glamp City. Just to set the scenery for the listener, too, we're sitting on a really beautiful, yep. what you call this? You call it the farm? We call it farm the farm. It's, it's two and a half acres. It's an 1860 farmhouse. Yeah. Um, and it's a gift. This place was a gift. Not like given to us, but it was a real gift that we were able to squeeze in here. And we feel like if we don't give what we have, life's not really worth living. I mean, yeah. we all keep everything. And so we've always been... And CJ's one of the best givers I know. God, I don't feel that way. But Are you kidding? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I'm good with knowledge. But, um, you know, Mark and his wife are, are incredible hosts. And I and, and hanging out with them, I've been uh, – that's like an art, right? Like being a good host is uh, something that I'm personally not the best at. But it, watching them, I'm like re- – I'm super inspired and uh, to to lean into that further in my life. But – but I think what they will bring, um, his wife, and and what they'll bring, what this is going to be for um, our customers and stuff, is just going to be a, a next level experience. And yeah. what's the head count on? You have four spaces left for the May. For retreat. the May, we we have um, we're starting our real uh, what marketing push this oh, week. You know, I've done one Instagram post about yep. it, and but, but we had fifty emails and seven signups. Right on, yeah. yeah. And so it's we have two for July, two for October, and four signed up for. And is it all sexes welcome no, or is it no, men? No, only men because Got something. So, women are so beautiful. <laughs> when you smell them in the morning, I mean, it's a thing. It's like, man, some guys struggle with sex addiction or whatever yeah. they struggle with. And when a girl shows up, chests puff a little bit. It's just the way it is. And so, again, we're not anti, but there's something like even last night we had Darshan just texted me this morning and said, what an awesome thing it was to regather, because he came to our Friday morning things, Yeah, to regather with the greatest guys in our surf community that we never just to get to sit and talk. And Nick brought his brand new baby, and JP was there, and should have brought his little girl. And It was great. It was sacred. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sacred. But I, I do think that we will end up... Um, having a lot of stuff online, like uh, yeah. YouTube stuff. Yep. Me and Mark are going to do a lot, yep. of, a lot of talking. We're we're not like trying to cut anybody out. Nope. Like, ideally, you no, know, like, if it wasn't, if we weren't such animals, you know, uh, w- it would be a, a co-ed thing. But 
I think the the hole that we both identify is really these these men, you know, um, that are that are struggling and and you know I'm losing friends all the time from the surf community, suicide, dr- uh, drug overdosing, just bad decisions and stuff. So this is something we know we can we can contribute to. You, you said it too. Chefs puffed puffed out. Chest puffed yep. out. Also to bro out for lack of a better term with some guys and talk about being thir- you know 13 years into marriage or yes, exactly. your, your your struggle that exactly. are uniquely male oriented exactly um, uh, and it, it, you can let your guard down yep. Uh, yep among your peers that in that in that regard yep my dear friend who's the first guy that really spiritually emotionally invested in me ron he just passed about 3 years ago my spiritual father first guy to really believe in me as a as a um, not a business owner I've had men believe in me as a landscape designer or a pastor, but as a human, as a father, as a husband, was a guy named Ron Ritchie. And at 75 years old at a restaurant in Menlo Park, spilled a soup all down the front of him because a waitress walked by and she was just <laughs> like, wow. And I go, Ron, what's going on over there? And he goes, well, I'm not dead, man. Married 65 years, the most wonderful woman in the whole world. Still to this day, Anne-Marie. And I talk to her every month or so. And the point is, life is long. It's challenging. We're all human. We have so much in common. And there's something that happens when a 75-year-old man can remind me how wonderful the woman I'm married to is. Because the world is reminding me how old she's getting. Whatever. Fill in the blanks. And when you stop and realize what you do have rather than what you don't have, even the funky job, I do have a job. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you take inventory of that. Yeah, and that comes from the circle. That comes from just spending time with other guys. And I think we just, a little seed just planted in my soul, Siege. I think once a year we should do an international, um, all sex, everything. Yeah, man. Once would, a year. That'd be great. Mexico. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, we want to take this scene global. And yeah. We want to do uh, Japan, Australia. No, but include the ladies yeah, yeah. and what we're I, learning. I think so, because I, I'm... I think it'd be interesting to hear their, yeah. our perspective, and yeah. they would probably enjoy that. And we'd learn a lot. I think we'd learn a lot. Oh, and I love incredible. surfing with, with women. Oh, I do too. Yeah, absolutely. They're so graceful, and they, I think they get, what well, my experience, is etiquette more than, yeah. I, I just love them in the lineup. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's yeah, we, I think it's, it's great, you know. But as, as you can see, the, the, the idea for loose change and, what this is going to end up being for us and I think for the community, female, male, young, old, it's evolving. And I think the point is, is we just really want, we, we care so much and yep. we want to give back. We want to, yep. we want to just help make this right. How did so, you come up with the name, Loose Change? Actually, my friend uh, from Ukiah, Sean Travis, uh, it was the uh, name of his uh, punk band. And, and uh, I used to, uh, you know, do the you know most disgusting things that I've ever done in my life listening to that <laughs> and then uh I always I always thought like man loose change like isn't that just right you know um for something mega positive because I think as I said like normalizing struggle and you know every it, it seems like everywhere you go to get right in mentally there's some sort of agenda and there's just some sort of like rules and, and, and I don't like that. Like when I, when I got sober and it was like, I didn't want to like go to a or whatever. I mean, God bless a, I think it's great for a lot of people, but I just wanted it to be a little more loose. And I just wanted to like internalize like my struggle and yeah. like work through it. 
And I think like any change, any positive change is good. It doesn't have to be like all or nothing. I think loose, like keeping it loose, keeping it light, keeping it cool, I think is where we're at. And I think, uh, so that name just fit, loose change. So um, what did you lean on to stay sober, to find sobriety? So you weren't part of the program AA? Dude, it was successful it was, for millions, right? Did you do it on your own? I mean, certainly, you sound like you had a profound addiction. I did it on my own, man. Wow. I, I did it. I, um, well, I think you were benefited of a miracle, a bona fide, like you said, opening. You had a supernatural, like, like yeah. And you're a, a, a grinder. Mm-hmm. He wake up, woke up before this morning, and I give up, get coffee, and he's got a, a video already edited that we shot yesterday. I mean, he's just the kind of guy that gets stuff done Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of guys like that no but i think i think too when i when i when i realize like my dad's life is gonna my my dad's death is going to kill me Mm -hmm. or will be the most positive turning point in my life there was no choice yeah and i i from the time i decided to get sober till now it's been the easiest thing i've ever done Mm -hmm. you know but i think you know, having an incredible prayer in the middle of the night and screaming at the sky, I think having that moment, the lowest point in my life where I could actually plant some positive seeds when I was down there and, and just the way it all happened, I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was, it was a slam dunk, man. To honor your dad that way. I bet your dad's awful proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I yeah. wish he, yeah. It, I wish he could see, you know, I'm, I'm not proud of the way I lived when he was alive. So, but I've come good. Um, is it a daily struggle still? Do you feel it calling you? Um, no, I mean, I mean the, my addictions are, it's, it's done, you know, it's buried. It's, it's, there's nothing left. So, and I, and I, just to keep it going, I like cut things out all the time, you know, I'll just 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 to have the power of yeah. exercise in that i i remove things from my life all the time or i force myself to struggle every day with a run or i do some i i, I constantly do something i don't want to do yes so i'm in touch with my with my bs and my ego and and all that life comes at you whether you like it or not not unlike those set waves you described it's like you can either cower and just get pounded on the inside or you better start paddling and do your best duck dive or turtle roll if you got that 12 foot glider that you ride <laughs> yeah, glider. <laughs> or whatever you gotta you gotta make it through because it's coming whether you like it or not now how prepared are you gonna you're gonna cower or are you gonna use inspiration you just you took a horrible event in your life flipped the perspective and used it as a as a miracle it sounds like yeah and 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 the way it was for me man like and and i the thing that i constantly say and it sounds cliche but if I can do it, anybody can. Yeah. And a- anybody going through anything should have some hope because you're going to get through it. You know, got to apply yourself, got to figure out your tools, got to surround yourself with good people. Might have to tweak a couple things, but not panic. It's on. I mean, life is just waiting for you and, and, and uh, it's all right there. I saw Avatar two mm-hmm. twice so my wife and i went on a date night 3d scotts valley cinelux <laughs> we don't go out on dates as much as we'd like with two wild boys and then the next day it was raining just like this it feels like it's just been raining for years now i know um and i took my boys and there was a line a cheesy line it's this australian guy they're hunting some you know fictional whale and he says well can't get out of it 
might as well get into it. <laughs> I thought that was a good line. That's a great line. Because you can't get out of it. That's so right. why not look the monster in the eye and try to get into it? That's and right. I'm not self-realized, obviously. I mean, but that's a nice that's a good, mantra I've held yeah. on to, actually, as cheesy as that line was delivered. And that, that movie was all right, though, actually. But I'd like to see it. See, that's, yeah, a, that's, a, camp, that's a campfire thing. That comes up in, in, in anything, and we're talking about that. We're going to apply that to air, different areas of our life. Where are we living with that? What, that quote from that movie, that, that moved me. What do you guys think of that? How does that work in this scenario? Can't get out of that. Yeah. Might as well get into it. What are you in? What what do you what have you been running from? Mm. You know, that's just comes through paddling out together, that waxing up together. Yeah, man. Stretching together. Yeah. So bring your own boards. Ideally, you know, we yeah. can we can uh, accommodate to a certain extent um some 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 situations and uh we will. Yep. But I think I think that's that's kind of the rad part about it is yeah. like bring your equipment. Let me get my eyeballs on what you're dealing with. Let me see this stuff. Let me see your fin. Let me see your the wax you're using. Let's take some measurements. Let's get everything right. You know, there's just there's a few mathematical things with board design and fin placement you just can't argue with. So just taking those that stuff and like tuning everybody's equipment up, tuning up everybody's brain, mm. getting the wax, getting it all right. You know, yeah. It's it's just these are just little things to me that are like. Uh, you know what I mean? Muscle memory stuff, yeah. but to, it can change somebody's life. Spring and fall. And summer. July. And summer. Yep. Three, so July three. will be the, the tricky one in regard to yep. wave quality. Yep. And and we know that. And and part of his genius is he knows where to go look for waves. He How do you get out of town? How Where do you go? What do you look for when it's flat or when it's big? Or Absolutely. That, that's a, a skill set. Yeah. And also, yep. I mean, like, I, I really love, I indulge big time in bad waves like when waves are um when uh when it's windy and small i mean that's almost that's like the most challenging time to be a surfer yeah and uh learning how to master that i think is priceless it's one thing i love about longboarding too is that you always can find a day to go (laughs) yeah man it's calf high and to your point i'm a i think i'm in your shoes i mean i got a long ways to go but um I love I love small waves. Yeah, and, dude, and, and and it's a challenge, right? Like anybody can surf a head high wave at Malibu and have the best time. I mean, that's like, of course, that's a slam dunk, easiest thing you ever did. But learning how to take something that would normally be a bummer and turning it into something that's incredible and mastering that, the, move your fin around, you know, get re re look at it, change your perspective. You know, I, I talk about surfing all the time because I have a surf podcast, but just the struggle. I go back and forth. Yesterday, I went to, I was so not motivated. My buddy Alex Check of Oroco, he's got a nice brand, Oroco. Anyway, um, cool dude, lives in my neighborhood, teaches art at Los Gatos High, and he's got a new Ashley Lloyd he had. And uh, Anyway, I went to Cal, we were just looking at the camera. I got that Roadcaster. I was trying to set it up. My six-year-old was pressing buttons. I was like, screw this. He's got equipment. You know, It's fine. Um, I said, all right, let's go surfing at like 2.30 in the afternoon, 3. I went to, we went to Cowles. It's mm-hmm. about five people out. It was just that the sandbars are fun right now. Mm-hmm. And I never surf Cowles, but I got this big old Juno log, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, without the leash and just the challenge, how it just makes you more conservative, but just staying in the pocket. Yeah. Like you get down, get on the shoulder, milking it left, milking it, milk it. And when you feel that thing suck, the nuances, and I, this is what I say on the pod, at least is my own journey. Anyone could paddle a longboard and pop up to their feet for the most part. Mm -hmm. But when you really feel those epiphanies of planing, of getting locked in the pocket, staying in the pocket, you know, those little nuances, when you make one 
It's very rare in my case. One successful nice step and you're up on the front third of the board and you're like tweaking. You're like, oh, this is working. You get low, <laughs> you're a little bit covered up. And, you know, I could geek out on those one, two foot days for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about longboarding? Did you compete in the shortboarding circuit as well, CJ? I did. I did as a, as a kid, you know, just yeah. in like the scholastic stuff and a uh, few like, yeah, stuff like that. But I, I, I always leaned into longboarding because of my father's passion. Yeah. And then that was, yeah. So I've been at it for a very, very long time. I'm not from the nineties era. I didn't surf then, mm -hmm. you know, in the potato chip era. Um, but I understand there was a time, you know, there's always some kind of silly barrier between longboarding and shortboarding, et cetera. But there is a time when longboarding was not cool. Yeah. Right. Good times, man. <laughs> right. Those were good times. Yeah. 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 There was nobody doing it, dude. You know? And, uh, you were, I was, there was a handful of us here in Santa Cruz that rode longboards and yeah, there was, it was, it was really, really great, but you know, yeah, I don't know. It's evolved. Everything's got to evolve. Do you? Yeah. How so? How's it evolved? Well, everybody, I mean, I think uh, arguably there's more longboarders and shortboarders now, you know, and it's just so accessible and yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting to see because when I was longboarding back then, everybody who was on a longboard was like a pro, right? You were either like a great stinking longboard surfer or there was no, there, there wasn't anybody else doing it, you know, because the people that were doing it were sacrificing their reputations and they were good. You know, we were paying more attention to the history and the technique and it was a, right. it was like a, a thing. Now, any average Joe from Los Gatos or wherever from here can Fresno. just go buy a Michelle Juno in a retro looking wetsuit, take the leash off and paddle out. And they, they're just, you know, they look the part and they are, yeah, they're making waves on a longboard, but are they really like longboarding properly? I'd say 2% are out of very, very few are understanding their equipment, understanding the techniques. And this is easy. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science, but like, you know, I, you, it's like you would, you, yeah. I mean, I, I just think that it, it's in a weird place for me visually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's so many people doing it and so few doing it properly. Oh, full disclosure. I'm that 98 percenter that you just described. Really. Yeah. But you know, with a few tweaks and a few, yeah. this and that, all of a sudden you're, you're doing it right. Longboards are, are meant to uh, surf in a certain rhythm. Yeah. You know, and, and the way you set it up, the way you do your bottom turn, yeah. like what you're, the dance of that that was handed to us by Mickey Dora, Lance Carson, Nat Young, David Nueva. Like if you're not accessing those guys in that footage, you're just like, you're not, you're just having fun, but you should be on, you could be on a soft top. You could be right. on a wave storm and be do, drawing the same line and doing the same stuff. So it's like, yeah, you could drive a NASCAR grocery shopping, right? But is that, are you are you really using the car for what it's meant using to, that tool meant, meant to? Yeah, you're not, and most people aren't. Longboarding, the nuance of it, just the subtle nuance. It's all about it. subtleties. It's all about. It's not about what you're. It's not about what you're doing. It's about how you're doing it, mm. and it's about the in between moments, and it's about where your surfboard is on the wave. You know, 
it's it's um it's all about subtleties. What kind of boards are you riding, Mark? Some of the best long boards in the world, and I'm not kidding you. I just sold ten. I'm I'm a glutton. I saw you post. You have a <laughs> heck of a quiver. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Well, I hang out with great people like Siege, and, right. and he gives me some some stuff. He just brought one up four days ago that I just can't wait to paddle. What I'm, it? I, I, it's a, it's the Paragon. It's CJ just launched a Polyline. All of his models are available custom, mm. um, Poly, and I just got this double twin stringer, um, high yeah, density, high density, foam, high density yeah. foam, yeah. and uh, Paragon Pintail ten one, twenty four wide, three and an eighth thick. And I can't wait to paddle the thing. And uh, so I love my glider. I love my Crime 11 foot glider. Out of all 23 boards, that's 80% of what I'm on. I just love it. I knee paddle. It's soft. It's I'm not worried about it in the lineup. Right. Big waves, head high, one foot high. It's just a great board. I love, um, I got the uh, Nose Rider for, uh, by Mars. Nose, Nose Rider, Rider from Mars. from Mars that you sh- shaped, what, 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite boards. This is a little little moon nose, moon tail, twenty four wide, pontoon plank nine eight. Love that board. Uh, I love the Sprout. I'm a big Sprout guy. Yeah, yeah. Love the Apex Thunderbolt Apex. I got a Genoa ten ten glider. That's one of the top three boards in my yeah. life. Great glider. I got the Neo Classic mm-hmm. prototype Volon. Yeah. My buddy has your Neo Classic, so he enjoys it. So good. You're uh, the ones that you most prominently will see. Now, is it Ryan Engel shapes? If I was to get a custom, is he shaping that? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. And so for your your Thunderbolt tech, yep. too, that, if I see a CJ in the lineup more often than not, it's it's that build. Yeah. What, what is that technology? Well, that was that's a technology that comes from my Japanese buddy, Yusan. Uh, I've been friends with him since I was, you know, I think like 12 or 11 or 12, 13, somewhere in there. We met. Um, but it was a, a technology that his father had been working on for 30 years. It uh, comes from sailboarding, and it was uh, it was just, you know, he tried everything to get the boards to move through the water better. And so basically it's a Thunderbolt technology is a blank building process. And uh, there's components in the blank that you can move around uh, carbon fiber. You can move them up and down to create your uh, the point in the board where you want the most flex and the most rebound so that's it so there's thunderbolt reds thunderbolt silver thunderbolt black and um it's all based around uh flex and uh i think it's really genius there's there's videos on it up on my website you can hear the whole thunderbolt story on youtube um but anyway it basically uh just turns up the performance value of these traditional longboards that I've been working on. Yeah. You know, you want to keep the integrity of the shape there. You don't want to like turn it into a high performance longboard. Yeah. So how do you make it perform better without tweaking the shape and losing the integrity of the original, like an original log design? You got to change the materials. Right. And so uh, that's Yusan's, he's a master. Finding the weight the flex the same targeted weight moving the flex pattern around like all of the, all of that stuff i mean you these boards some of them you know when i first rode them i was just flabbergasted you know it felt like there was an there was a motor in it when i was doing turns and stuff so mm. i'm i'm a big fan and 
it sucks because I have to ride a lot of poly boards because I'm always trying to release new Thunderbolt boards. Right. And so I'm, I'm riding customs a lot. And it's it's kind of a bummer because I'm, I know if I could be riding, um, I just enjoy the Thunderbolt so much more. And I know I'm, those are the boards I will do my best surfing on. Is that on. right? So that's your go-to tech then, personally. I, I mean, it, 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 if I had a choice, I would ride nothing but that. But yeah. because of... Uh, the, the design process is just not cost effective for me right. to be making all these one-off Thunderbolt boards. It's, it's a, it's a pain in the butt. So. so when you brainstorm and find a new shape <clears throat> with Ryan or whomever the shaper is, and then you translate that to the Thunderbolt, do you find there's synergy between like a poly heavily glassed, you know, and then you, you got that same shape in Thunderbolt build. And then like, it, it like it, it works. Yeah. So if I give, a poly shape over there and then I get back the Thunderbolt version it works like 30% better is that right oh yeah like and it's it's night and day it's funny because you see you know you see pro surfers Kelly Slater Slater yeah. Designs etc and they're marketing the shit out of their boards and then you know when it's you know uh, Sunset or, or Pipe or whatever they're 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 surfing um, I don't know Takoro or you know some the you know he just goes local for to get it dialed in and then throws the stickers on it. So you're like, you know, I don't know how much you really are buying into your own to your own tech and your own brand. But here you are saying you prefer that Thunderbolt, and I believe you. Yeah, man, it's it's wild. Um, you know, I I know Kelly, um, and he, you know, he he works with Firewire and and, and that's the, the my my uh, global distributor for Thunderbolt. Right, and I just happen to know that like. When you're competing on a level where you're like trying to get a world title and I mean, Kelly must have, when he goes to Hawaii, he probably has 16 six fours with yeah. him. You know what I mean? He's got like a garage full of boards and when Sunset's doing what it's doing and Kelly needs a shoe up on the competitors, he just goes to the best shaper from Sunset Beach, you know, and says like, dude, I need a little help, you know? Like his boards, I just think uh, professional shortboarding is so, like the littlest tweaks do so much and it would be really hard for Kelly to have a production board right. suited for pipe. Who, who Who's going to buy it? You know, who's going to buy a board that's so specifically Sunset Beach? Like nobody, you know what I mean? Suited <laughs> for that specific <laughs> Nobody, nobody. Right. So that he, he can't, in his defense, he can't make a production right. board for that task. Now, if Kelly's surfing lower trestles, like guaranteed, he's gonna he's for sure gonna be on production board because there's a million customers that need that board. Right. So production surfboard building versus custom stuff at that level, I think any athlete at that level needs a ton of all of it. Right. To be that, to yeah. be what he's trying to that's be. Good point. See, yeah. just yeah. that wisdom right there, that's the kind of stuff, those eyeballs on what he's the back behind the curtain, I call it. We would have never thought right. of that right like who thinks of that oh yeah you're trying to sell surfboards nobody's gonna buy that for hell no, no. <laughs> who, who could use it and i, I want to say about hit surfing with this dude just sitting around the fire with that kind of wisdom being dropped who where do you get that where do you get those nuances where do you get that in between where yeah. do you get that it, like the it's not what you're writing but it's how yeah you know not what you're doing but how you're doing it yeah. that stuff you can't get not only that but as a from a kook's perspective such as myself i'm mean, a pro i mean you're cool, right? Like everyone thinks you're cool. You look, well. you, get, you just, you got, you got the vibe, you got the brands, you, your, 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 your image is cool, but you're very, at least just sitting, you know, to a man, you seem like a very earnest, sincere, 
nice guy and approachable, yep, right? Yep. So and humble. Someone like me, I want to geek out on longboarding. You're going to look at my freaking, give me some nose riding tips yeah, on man. video. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, come on, right? Dude, I think I think <laughs> I can make a big difference, man. I really do. It's, And that's your heart. I, lo- I love to do that, man. I mean, if you, you either, you know, yeah. What, what, is, what if you teach 10 guys, 20 guys, 30 guys this year how to approach the lineup? Those 30 guys teach their two friends. And yeah. what if three years this place is a different place because of the trickle effect of surf wisdom? That you, Where do you get it? You, and when, that, when you do have etiquette in the lineup, yo, it just works out so much better. For everybody. Everyone's in a rotation, and it's just like, yes. Well, dude, the guy, the guy who figures this stuff out and goes out and is accessing his break better and with more right. mindfulness and more heart and more focus, that dude's not emptying a bottle of whiskey at night and yelling at his wife. Right. He's better to his kids. He's better to his community. He's better at work. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's all tied together, right? Mm. And so... Um, uh, alleviating frustration and roadblocks in your daily life, whether it be physical, mental, surfing, love, friendship. Like, it's just how do we move through this world with grace mm. and and patience and, and, and uh, mindfulness? Cool. Yeah, man. What are you working on, your surfing, Mark? Right now, like, where do you want to be or where are you? What's the next carrot in the stick for you in terms of Here's know, what I'm working on, and I'm being sincere, is actually getting out. Because I had a huge arm injury a year ago last week, uh, and it, I couldn't move my left hand, couldn't even, like, you know, and the, the chiropractor, Jordan, who's coming to help us with loose change, really acupuncture and really got my arm going. And then the farm busted. You know, it, it's like a lot of work. We're remodeling a shed down in here, and I'm dealing with contractors and getting a little shed that we're going to give people to use, and they're in crisis. It's a little luxury tiny house. And then it started raining, bro. It started raining in late right. October and didn't right. stop. You know, and I'm not into uh, uh, logs in the lineup, you know, literal 30 literal foot, piece, you, you know, and so just getting out. But sincerely, once I'm out, I really would love to do a sick bottom turn. Yeah. I'd love to be able to drop my knee and look, look with the wings out and just like, that's a bottom turn. Mm. I'd love to do that. And I would love to be able to walk up to the front of the board calmly and confidently. Mm. And a great cheater five rail grab would be sick. Those three things. Good bottom turn. If I can drop my knee, great. I did get my heels out of my ass on my knee paddle. I'm stoked about that. So to tell, I don't knee paddle too often, probably because I have my heels up my ass. But uh, <laughs> no, well, what, it's a quick primer on uh, 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 knee paddling technique. Well, you, it's ergonomic stuff, right? Yeah. And it's uh, it's not so much that it doesn't look right. It's just that it's not functioning right. You just can't get if you're if you're sitting on your heels and you're your toes are on your board and your heels are up and then you're sitting on your heels you're unstable you're not getting your arms in the water your board is like gagging yep. you know what i mean like if you're a paddle racer and you're doing that and you're you're keeping your chest on your board and your and your butt and and heels are that way and you're really digging in yeah that's that's a good technique right but when you're just cruising around the lineup like that you're just it's just not it's not functional, right? No. And so um, if you can drop your butt down to your board and kind of get more into like a cruisy knee paddle and and use leverage, you know, maybe S your hands in the water. I mean, then it becomes like, you know, like you want a knee paddle. Like, and I think, I think Mark, he wants to knee paddle because it's cool. No. 
Well, I save my shoulders. I knee paddle back out, so I have. I think a, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I want a knee paddle." Yeah, they see it's, long it's cool. Waters. I'm on a log, and I got a knee paddle. You know, right. but like you, the reason you want a knee paddle is when a set's coming, so you can see out the back, and you want to use it to break up your intense prone paddling, right? So it, you know, it's like riding a bike with a bunch of with a drop bars. You've got four riding positions, right? And that's that's what knee paddling should be used for. It's like a function thing. And right. I think I think when you look at surfing as like a function thing, right. then then you know, you just eliminate the visual and like, oh, is look at it. Is this really working? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Does this really feel right? Is are your knees okay? Are you comfortable? Like f- just think about it. I think people don't don't they're not they're no. just not mindful about it, right? No. You know? No. Why did you buy that board? Right. That's was the big it the one. Color? Yeah. Was it the shaper? Where are you surfing that thing? You know? What what are you trying to do? You know, is it really right? You know? Is that really what you want? Is that is that board going to help you fulfill your goals? Or is it just a cool board so you can be like a whatever? Is it efficient, right? Is it efficient? Yeah. You know, and uh, I think people don't think about that stuff. Because we don't got a lot of time here, man. You better yep. get efficient. You do. Better get efficient in your life. Better get efficient in your surfing. But it's not until, at least personally, years of getting into surfing is when those questions start to arise and you start to figure out what you're actually looking for, too. And it takes it takes a long time to get there. It right? does. Because, because you realize how much you don't know. Yeah, but like back in, you know, we talk about tribal elders, right? Like back the way it was, back the way we were intended to live, you know, it's like, you you got to skip that stuff. They weren't just throwing a a spear at them to a kid, a fourteen year old kid, and saying, "Yeah, just bring back a buffalo." Right. They were like, "No, dude, let's build the spear." Yep. Let's talk about vision. Let's talk about where you want to be later. Let me show you a million techniques on how to throw the spear. Why are we hunting buffalo? Like, what is it for? Like, how are we going to use the buffalo? You know, this is a sacred thing. You know what I mean? Like the uh, transfer of knowledge, right? We've lost that in surfing. You know what I mean? So, yes, a beginner can take that route or the beginner can take another route Mm -hmm. and expedite the heck out of that process. Hmm. What advice do you give to beginners getting into the game now? How do they take that route? Study, man. Do your homework. You know, my father would make me sit on the beach for an hour before he even let me in the water. Right. Look at the waves. Look at the crowd. Understand the pecking order. Understand your equipment. You know, get efficient. Right? That's, nobody's, you know, nobody's, nobody's like a a perfect, you know? But I think with some study, some mindfulness, and some vision, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Don't be afraid to walk into a store yep. and talk to Elias and say, hey, man, how do I do this? You know, drop the front. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, everybody, it's, you're surfing, man. You know, it's cool. Just go about it from a pure, um, in, a, in a pure fashion. And humble and learning. Take be the learning yeah, route. Yeah. You got to, right? Yep. Learning. And one thing about surfing is there is no fronting. Uh-huh. You can front all the way up till you paddle out to the lineup and then, it, <laughs> Dude, and I'll then tell people you. see what you're about. I can tell how Just long how you've you been paddle. surfing by the first three strokes you <laughs> yeah. take. 
I believe that. <laughs> I can tell how much of a good, how much you, how long you've been surfing by the way you walk from your car to the water. So you ain't fooling nobody, mm-hmm. people right. out there. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can, you can. Do all you want, but you ain't fooling the people that know what they're talking about. I've learned so much from just hanging around this dude watching waves and the 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 wonderful, I don't know how many times we've surfed together, but just the time in the water is just really special. The two, you know, just the, just the drops, just the drops, where yeah. to look, how to read the, oh, and the way you call us over, everything just changed. Something just changed, whether it's the wind, the swell, something just changed, but we're 20 feet over now and scoring. <laughs> the best surf lesson I ever got from you. What do you think it was? Ever. I don't know. Can't, I don't, I'm not, I don't remember. Tel Aviv, it's one foot high, beach. Oh yeah, body surfing. If you could call it that. Mm-hmm. Me, my wife, Chris, you, four of us, for three hours, yeah. like 10 year olds. Mm-hmm. Trunks full of sand, giggling, bellying up onto the sand, but sincerely, how to read the curl, where to place yourself, letting it fall on your head. It couldn't have been one foot high. It couldn't have been. And it was so fun, so educational, and it changed the way I read a wave and where I place myself in it. And sincere. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. everything. So you talk about flat July, it don't matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And yeah. there's always a swell that comes always. through around July. And it's always a big one. Yeah. It's really wild. It's either going to be d- overhead or... But we'll go, we could go up the coast. Sure. We can go down yeah, south. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I'm just kind of worried about the brass tactics of it. That's that's the the details are interesting to me of, of throwing a retreat because that's not an easy. Endeavor. No, it's brutal. Have you ever attended a surf retreat? I mean, it's would you even call this a surf retreat? Yeah, it's a surf camp. This okay. is a, we we called it loose change surf retreats because we will do retreats at resorts, at mm-hmm. hotels, and in, in destinations. But this is a camp. So when you go to the website, it's surf retreats and surf camp, and this will be a camp. But we've done I've done so many camps for bikers different kinds of men's groups, different scenarios. And I love surfing and I love um, walking men through life and I love CJ and I love our community. And so it is a win, 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 but it is really hard to put one together. And the first one is going to be so fun. I mean, we just bought 20 teepees, 20 cops, cots. We just shot footage for three days. Mm-hmm. We cooked th- so much food just showing people about ready to come through the pike, what the thing is going to look like, taste like, feel like. And now back to the surf clips and stuff, we're going to go. Yeah. Some work. Yeah. But you know, uh, this place and the magic um, that's here, I bring people up here all the time. um, Friends to just hang out for a couple of days. And there's, they leave fulfilled grins on their faces saying like, I don't know if I've ever had three days like that in my life you know just what happens um the synergy that happens out here and and among us and and the way we the way we're operating i think it's easy yeah there will not it's 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 easy i mean it's it's a lot of work and a lot of cooking a lot of planning a lot of 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 stuff like that a lot lot of stuff like that but as far as like uh what you're gonna get through this i think is gonna be just a beautiful thing May, July, and October. Yep. And again, it's loosechangeretreats.com. Okay, I've kept you long, but I want to just do some rapid fire fun surf questions real quick before I cut you short, cut you loose rather. And thank you for uh, providing, producing this podcast for me, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got, one, I got one question for you real quick, CJ. Um, you've already answered this, but I, I'm just kind of curious. When you're, you've, I don't know, you probably wouldn't say you've mastered longboarding, but you're about, 
you're up there, right? You're that one percenter. Um, I was going to ask, do you get bored of longboarding? But obviously the answer is no. You no. get bored of surfing. No, 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 no. I yeah. don't get. I don't. I don't get bored of surfing. Uh, it's a blessing. What are you working on now as a surfer? The same things, you know, just yeah. doing them better. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a fundamentalist, and uh, the bottom turn, the trim, the rhythm, the cutback, seamlessly, seamlessly linking it yeah. all together. The nose ride, and and not fudging it only doing what the wave is calling for not having like some planned repertoire of yep. like oh i'm gonna force a nose ride here you know to to, to stroke my ego i'm gonna let the the wave dictate what i do and i'm gonna do it to the best of my ability what model are you writing of cj designs lately man it's i got like 12 boards in my car you know and they rotate frequently yeah. so All right. um, but I'm working on um, the, the board I just handed off to him uh, the Paragon I've been on that a lot been been leaning into pintails been, yeah. uh, working on an, uh, uh, another version of the Sprout kind of an evolved version cool. called the 2.0 and that's and the Sprout's amazing. a similar design to say your classic surf tech Pearson Aero yeah 10 I mean, it's 23 it, and a half wide like a nose rider yeah yeah and that things have changed wrote. things have changed things have evolved that board's gotten more complete not such a just strictly nose rider. Right. Um, because I've gotten more complete. Right. right and on. so, so the, the, uh, the equipment, uh, reflects where I'm at. Mark, when was the last time you were scared in the water? A year ago. It was frightening. It was a big day. It was a dream pipes, big day in, um, February. I just, just wrote about it in my journal. I have a journal, five year journal. So I just read it last week in my last year journal. <laughs> and I had two, th- to three different collisions coming my way. I was inside at drain pipes and it was firing. And that's when I hit my elbow. And it was, I thought I tore my nerves, took me an hour to get out of the water. I threw up in the water. I couldn't move my arm. I was frightened. What'd you hit your elbow on? My fin took me right in the funny bone, up right, right hard. And it like paralyzed my arm. I lost control of it. And, and it was truly, I think one of the most frightening things I'd ever been through in the water. I don't know that I've been afraid since because that was so massive in my in my life it was really it was like i haven't really surfed in a crowd since right what's what's the what's the most valuable thing you learned from that let go of the board there it is he goes the first thing he says is why were you hanging onto the board it's a board he was trying to save the board from hitting the rocks and he yeah. almost lost his arm you know so yep yeah yep never do that again. never i'll never do that again and i'm a leash guy i don't want to have my board go into somebody totally yep um and i love when i can surf without a leash when it's small and exactly you know but but i don't want to have my biggest fear would have my board flying into some 10 year old same here yeah and and uh i love my son hasn't leashed in i don't think ever (laughs) yeah when was the last time you've been scared in the water cj i'm i don't um Mm, I guess, yeah, I just getting hit by my board, you know, like just, it'll just be little things where like I'll hit my arm or something super bad and like my arm hurts and then I'm like, oh man, is this going to put me out for a minute? You know, uh, that will, that will kind of, I'll get scared of injury, you know, but I don't really get that scared out there. Got it. Have you charged the big wave spots in your, um. Not, not, it's never really been something that I was that interested in. Yeah. I've always been, I was always more turned on by, um, just growing up 
like small wave aerialists and yeah. Christian Fletcher, Matt yeah. Archibald, like this kind, that type of like, I don't know, high performance, um, average wave domination, you know, yeah. but I grew up here, you know, surf yeah. the lane, super big, surf yeah. ocean beach, big and scary surf. I've been in Hawaii, been in Indo, like I've surfed big waves, but I'm not yeah. going to like, I would, there, there's definitely, it's not like my, my passion. Okay. All right. Last question for both of you. Mark, you can go first. When was the last time you cooked it? Like Pearl to take off? Uh, I don't know. You name it. Where you just thought, damn, I've been doing this. Granted, I don't have this master just, you know, just yet. I've been doing this a little too long to, to, to have that occur. Sano, October, with my daughter. Uh, the day we threw the party for Mike, nice guy Mike. And it was really a fun day. And the uh, top dear friends of mine were there jj wessels and and ryan engel and just the top mike zigzag who's now become just a dear friend all the the sano's top surfers are there celebrating and my uh daughter had just left and i'm pat and we're going left cj goes left a lot i bet and i don't i just don't go left i live in santa cruz one and and i'm not goofy and uh when you paddle out with Siege, everybody kind of goes, oh, you know, Moses and Aaron are here. I mean, the seas part a little bit, you right. know. And then <laughs> I take off, Siege goes, and then I go, and a guy lets me go. And and sure enough, right over the nose, like, kook city. And I just paddled straight in and started taking over the barbecue. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to barbecue. That's a wise move. <laughs> just pray that nobody saw me. <laughs> yeah, they saw you. <laughs> Another time that's just it's, it's inseared in me is about probably 10 years ago. I'm in front of Jack's house with my son and Jack, which was really rare, was not in his chair and he was at the window looking. Yeah. And I go to Elias, Jack is up. Look, you know, he's like, what, 90 at that point? And right in front of Jack O'Neill, right over the front because I was so nervous. Jack might be watching me, which I doubt he was. But I, those two things kookiest moments in my whole life what about you cj uh i man it's 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 pretty rare that i do something that i'm um like kooky about but i right. do i do have like the other day i was surfing i was surfing uh down in oceanside and there was like a group of four beginners paddling out and they could barely paddle right and i was kind of coming down the line and i was in i was in rhythm and just the wave was you know there was this section on it that was like the best section to do a slash and i was on a, a kind of a newer board and the guy was right there and i just i couldn't help myself but to like do the slash um and i ended up kind of like bumping the guy's board yeah totally self-inflicted i should have just like there's a million waves out there but i i kind of bumped the guy's board and he was on some like plastic board that was just he, i couldn't hurt his board but it put a put a little 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 ding in my board and i was like fuck you know like i i kind of know better but that's um just an exercise of keeping my ego and intact Mm -hmm. and going you know what i don't need to do this this turn it was a really good turn though Mm. and so i uh yeah just stuff like that where i like uh i could i'm still learning i could be better i could be a better person i could be a little bit under more more under control with my ego catching yourselves in that in that split second moment where the ego lurches you know yeah it's hard man you got it so hard it's hard but yeah on paper it's easy 
Yeah, yeah. But in life, when the rubber hits the road, it's but like, it's I'm beautiful, dude. I'm, we're all we're all still uh, works, you know, and we're yeah. working for this, man. It ain't easy, dude. And that's been the uh, that's the theme of uh, loose change. Yep. That was yep. the theme of this podcast. And uh, shoot. How, what a treat. Thanks, for, thanks for having us, Thank really. Thank you for, for having me here. It's nice yeah. to meet you, CJ. Nice to meet you, nice too. Nice to meet you. This has been thanks great. For, thanks for reaching out. Right on. Cool. God bless you guys. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Thank you. All right. Cheers. That was cool. Mark Campbell, CJ Nelson. I think they have a good idea. I look forward to hearing about how these retreats go. May, July, October. LooseChangeRetreats.com. Also check out CJ Shapes and Tech at cjnelsondesigns.com. What a nice guy and a great surfer. My wife asked me how it went, you know, and I'm I'm my I'm my own biggest, you know, critic, right? And uh, you know, there's interviews in the past where I felt like I talked over them. I didn't sit with the silence and let them finish their answer or I'll go, "Uh-huh, uh-huh, right, right, right." And I do a little bit of that uh, in this interview. Um but uh, I think it went pretty well, except for the moment where I'm explaining longboarding to CJ Nelson, which is high comedy. But hey, we're trying to improve. That's why it's fun to listen back to these pods and, and, uh, and learn a lesson. For example, you know, don't explain the field of expertise to the expert, right? Did I say that correctly? Whatever. LooseChangeRetreats.com, CJNelsonDesigns.com. Thank you both, Mark and CJ. And thank you, Midlife Surfer Podcast listener, for listening. Can't wait to get another one to you soon. I wish you all the best. Be cool to one another. Drive safely. You know, someone's trying to get in your lane, let them in. If they're tailgating you, just kind of get to the right of the road and let them pass you. That's what I'm doing right now on the 17 en route to, uh, to the airport. And there's snow on the summit of Highway 17. How about that? God bless you. Thanks for listening. And peace. The thing that I constantly say, and it sounds cliche, but if I can do it, anybody can. And anybody can. If I can do it, anybody can. And anybody going through anything, anything should have some hope. Should have some hope. Because you're going to get through it. You know, got to apply yourself. Got to figure out your tools. Got to surround yourself with good people. Not panic. It's on. I mean, life is just waiting for you. Life is just waiting for you. And uh, it's all right there. It's all right there. It's all right there. It's all right there.